Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. And you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. God, today we do humbly come. We humbly come to be at your feet. We humbly come at the beginning of this new year as we celebrate Advent together to allow your word penetrate our hearts so that we may dwell within you. So, Lord, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So, I'm going to back up just a little bit. Wanda, did you say, I I missed one word that you said in that last thing. I don't want a God that dwells in stars. I want a God that dwells in me. Is that what you said? Wow. Wow. That's Advent right there, folks. So let's pray and we can, no. um. (laughs) That's the word right there. We don't want a God that, that is just out there. We want a God that dwells inside of each and every one of us. And as we are 19 days away from the celebration of Christmas, That's my prayer. This anticipation that that we have. It's not so that we worship a God that is is out there somewhere. But we worship a God that that is here. You know, over the past several years, I know I've seen the preparation of Christmas kind of get longer and longer. You know, growing up, It was definitely, at least for my family, it was definitely that very first Sunday of Advent is when you pulled out all of the decorations and everything, and you decorated the tree, and you started to get 
stuff together for Christmas. And then it, it moved just a little bit earlier to, uh, to Thanksgiving. And then, then right after you, you got done stuffing yourself full of turkey and dressing or stuffing or whatever you had on Thanksgiving, after the football games, you pulled out the trees and you started to decorate for, for Christmas before you went out and you did the Black Friday stuff. But now when you get to uh, the, the time of the year, right after Halloween, boom, all the Christmas stuff is out in the stores so you can start buying and preparing. And, and I had somebody complain that they saw like in uh, Hobby Lobby or Michael's that Christmas stuff is out like in the middle of, of the summer. But, but there's a reason for that because people craft and people make stuff for the holidays, so that stuff needs to be out there anyway. So that, that kind of doesn't really uh, fit into what it is. But, but we, we want to anticipate, we want to get ready for Christmas. I remember one Christmas season when I was probably first or second grade, we had a, uh, a babysitter who uh, came to watch my older brother David and I as my mom and dad were away at a Christmas party. And, and this babysitter was in high school. And as we were sitting there watching TV, she looked at us and she said, hey, y'all want to try to find out where your presents are this year? So me and my brother went, absolutely we do. So we just started going all over the house to see if we could try to, I, I don't remember if we found our presents or not that year, but I remember feeling awful guilty. <laughs> In a good way, yes. The, the, the five, the, the, we, we, were, we were anticipating, wanting to know exactly what it is that we were getting for, for Christmas. See, Advent is all about anticipation. And we have several things that help mark this season of anticipation. You know, with the, uh, the Advent uh, calendars that are out now. You know, I think I saw a Jurassic Park Advent calendar here uh, once looking out. But, you know, all of these things helping us mark time to, to prepare ourselves for Advent. April mentioned in our announcements that we have, and, and hopefully you received them when you got your Advent boxes, a, a reverse Advent calendar. And this is where you can pick up items from uh, the store or whatever and, and count down Advent for our Daily Bread Food Pantry. And then on Christmas Eve, if you come early at 6 o'clock for the outside service or even if you're done, I know one family, they said, we've already collected everything, so can we bring it to the church? So absolutely, go ahead. So people are bringing items that they've already collected for the reverse Advent box. But it is a reminder that we are waiting. But we wait for a lot more than just the birth of the Christ child. We as people of faith, when we mark Advent, when we mark this time, this season of waiting, we are waiting for, for two things. The obvious, of course, is the birth of the Christ child because of Christmas, but, but the second thing we wait for is for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Ever since the, the fifth century, the church began this celebration of Advent with, with fasting and with prayer. And, and the very first two Sundays of Advent, it was all about the second coming of Christ. And then the last two Sundays, the focus became on preparing for the birth of the Christ child. 
So, so we're not quite there yet. And because we're not quite there yet, we're going to focus on a passage from the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. I invite you to follow along with the words that are on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things have passed away. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Or if I may quote Wanda again, I don't want a God that dwells in stars. I want a God that dwells in me. See, see, that's, that's what we anticipate. That is what we awaken for. We awaken for the opportunity to know that God will once again dwell in each and every one of us. So a question. Do you believe that Jesus is coming back? Do you believe that Jesus is coming back? You know, this is one of the things that we profess when we recite the Apostles' Creed. You remember the line that's in the Apostles' Creed? He will come again to judge the living and the dead. But do we believe it? Do, do we deep down in our lives, and our hearts, believe that Jesus will come again? Or are they words that sometimes we easily just, just throw away? You know, Lori said, let's really think about these words that we say when we recite the creed. I think for most of the time, they are words that we can easily just throw away. See, it's easy to believe in things that have happened. We, we have history. We know that those events have happened. We have, we have record of that. We know that things that, that are happening right now because we see them. But my friends, sometimes it is hard for us to believe in things to come because we're, we're still reaching for it. We're, we're still waiting for it. We're still wanting to, to know if it is there or not. If you are joining us, we are doing a study written by J.D. Walt called The Christian New Year. And, and in this study, he, he talks about this thing called time that we all have to deal with. And I have an image here for us to take a look at. What, what, what J.D. Walt is talking about is that we live in this moment that, that, that is intersecting. The, the, the first part 
is the present evil age. And I know I'm getting into those terms just like last week when I talked about how, how we are, are, are bad, evil people and God's grace breaks in on us and we get to see that. But whenever I talk about this present evil age, I'm talking about history when we took, take a look all the way back to Adam and Eve and to their uh, decisions and choices to, to separate themselves from God. So we have, we have this present evil age that we currently live in right now, but because of the birth of the Christ child, we also live in another time, and that is the age to come, where, where, where God will come and bring, bring himself to us. Just like the book of Revelation reminds us, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and God will dwell with us. And we land right there in the middle. We know that there is evil all around us. We, we know that the fallenness of, of mankind rears its ugly head every second of the day. But the good news is, is that we already have the opportunity to catch a glimpse of what's to come. That, that, that God's grace allows us the opportunity to see God breaking through the evil in the world. But it's incomplete. And, and we see that in the world around us. And that gives us an opportunity to anticipate what God will do in the future. But that leaves the question, but when? I, I, I can hear some people already asking because I've asked this question myself. If God really loved us, why wouldn't he complete the time here and now? I think the answer is, it is because God wants us all to, to come to him, to, to, to believe in him and to allow God's love and grace to, to dwell inside of us without forcing us to make a decision. It, it revolves around the passage of 2 Peter verse, chapter 3, verse 8, which reminds us of God's timeline. Peter writes, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. I know what you may be thinking, because I thought it too. Isn't this just the Christian cop-out so we don't have to really think about what is going on around us? We'll say, oh, yeah, you know, God, God lives on his own timeline, and, and he has his own way of doing things. You know, uh, a thousand years are like a day, and a day are like a thousand years to God. So we're just here stuck on earth. But, my friends, that's, that's not what God is talking about. That's not what James is talking about. You have to continue into verse 9 to, to fully grasp the entire picture. He continues, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, 
but wanting everyone to come to repentance. See, see, this is not a, a form of a, a slow patience that you just kind of grind out and you wait. You know, kind of like on, on Christmas morning, if you remember being a kid or if you are a kid, and you remember how you just lay there and you toss and turn and you're waiting to, for, for the morning to come. You know, that, that is an impatient, slow waiting. But, but, but the way that God is patient, it revolves around the Greek word that is used there for patience called makrothameo. It's the same word that we see that, that Paul uses in the love chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. When he talks about love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. See, see this patient is, is a form of, of love that is calling his children to come to him, not by force, not by wanting to make his way be, be implanted on us, but to allow us to say, God, I see how much you love me. I, I see how much you care for me. I see how much you desire me to be in relationship with you. So thank you for your patience. Thank you for giving me the time to say yes to you. And once we have that opportunity to say yes to God, we then live into the awakening that we've been talking about. We, we then live into the anticipation for, for Christmas morning, but we also live for that anticipation for Christ to return. And while we hold on to that anticipation, we pray for an active faith that proclaims Christ's return. We don't hold on to this faith to ourselves, but, but it reminds us that our faith is active right here and now. The things that we do, the things that we say, it impacts how the grace of God goes out into the world. That's why our words are so important. That is why it is so important how we look and how we treat each other. That is why it is so important for us to realize that we're not God, but He is. And we live in that fullness. So this is just week two. We've lit two candles. We still wait. We pray for awakening. And we live in anticipation that Christ will come again. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, nearer than my breath, thank you for these days of Advent and for the new year in Christ. I confess that I have lost touch and maybe even patience with the expansive scope of your calendar and timing. Wake me up to the possibility that you could return today. Turn my waiting from passive to active. 
Come, Holy Spirit, and attune my spirit to your working in every person I will encounter today. And we pray this in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the one who has come, who is here, and is coming again for his glory and for our good. Amen.